Hey there, Doug. <laughs> hey there, Karen. So I have to say, before we even jump in, that when you said hi to me on our sibling podcast, Back on the Block, you sounded so sweet and so <laughs> excited. And this time around, you just sound a bit more fatigued. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have not been sleeping well again, so oh, no. I'm yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like I'm like I I woke up this morning and like my initial thought was, oh fuck, I gotta do the podcast tonight. I gotta stay awake. <laughs> and it wasn't like oh fuck, I gotta do the podcast, but it was like oh I mean, fuck, you can't I see my awake. face grimacing at the sound of that, but. No. <laughs> But I was like, oh, my God, I have to stay up late tonight. I can't just crawl into bed after dinner. <laughs> because, like, that's seriously, like, my alarm went off. And I was like, I just want to go back to bed. <laughs> Is it nighttime yet so I can go back to bed? <laughs> like, that's how tired I am. Oh, yeah yeah so like yeah so i haven't been sleeping well and so it's it's kind right, of guys this okay. is the sacrifice karen is making for you no look at all look at what i do look at what i do so anyway so that's why that's why now the fatigue is definitely creeping in and i'm like whoa <laughs> i will see what i can do to rev you up okay thank you um so hey we've got a birthday in the house we do, literally, in my house. Literally um, in your house, yes. Depending on when you're listening, but probably on the day of this drop, December 16th, is my fiance Alyssa's birthday. So all of you listeners, um, even if you don't know her or only know her from the podcast, uh, you can feel free to give her a shout out. I'm sure she would love uh, the extra birthday attention. You know, nice way to sort of sweeten up a very bitter tasting year as we near its end. Uh, and you guys are going to have a lovely um, dinner in the apartment. <laughs> yep, we will probably not leave the apartment for long and maybe just pick up some food instead of making it and have some cake. And I think we're going to do a Cary Grant marathon. I love so, it. So that's actually how we will treat ourselves. Oh, uh, what movies are you going to... I love Cary Grant movies. Well, he's our number one movie star of all time. And I won't tolerate anyone saying anything different he is he is the best and biggest movie star of american cinema and that, that that's where that's that's just where it is are you gonna watch pillow talk no because he's not in that one karen shit he's not who's in that one that is um um uh the what's his name the 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 dead guy from giant and all that heaven allows this is me with my alzheimer's i used to know all of this rock hudson oh it was rock hudson that was in that oh my god i'm such an idiot sorry so, well, i <laughs> brain farted right there with you talking about recording this late and i know this i know movie stars like the back of someone's head i know um, there i was oh my god it was rock hudson oh shit about this before yes oh my god yeah uh, that was rock hudson so carrie grant for god, us we love Bringing Up Baby with Katherine Hepburn and there The Old Truth with Irene Dunn and Arsenic and Old Lace and North by Northwest and Charade with Audrey Hepburn. So we may watch some of those. Or so the I just basically story. confused Rock Hudson and Cary Grant. You did, but... In a big way. But are you thinking that Rock Hudson is the great movie star of all time? Or are you just... <laughs> yes, now I am. You just confused just, just <laughs> two very unfair handsome men in your mind. I am going to fight you that Rock Hudson is 
the, the best, the better movie star than Cary Grant. Oh, well then. Yeah, sorry. Fine. I'm gonna fight you on that. I mean, it's you're just wrong, but. <laughs> Give me my rock, Hudson. <laughs> and I and I like him very much, so it's not really an argument I want to have. Okay. Good for Rock. Sad about what happened to him. Good for Carrie. Sad he's not still around. Sad they're both not still around. Because they out-movie star all of our current movie stars. They do out-movie star all. I think the closest we have to that would be George Clooney. Yeah, right. He's... I mean, the reason he's so successful and famous is because he harkens back to the old-fashioned movie star. Yeah, and I think that was because of his aunt. I think Rosie did a good job with him. Oh, my God. So funny, we were watching uh, White Christmas with his aunt earlier today. Oh, oh, And I was yeah. saying, I bet no one even remembers that George Clooney had uh, famous aunt, you know, famous relatives before he got famous. But you did. Oh, of course I did. No, we, um, my old office worked with Rosemary Clooney when she was a, when she used to do her cabaret gigs. And no way! Fact, yeah, oh. and in fact, when she died, um, the press rep that worked with her for years and years, he was, like, fielding calls at, like, uh, I don't even remember, like, you know, middle of the night calls. And, oh, no, it was, uh, was it, when did Sinatra die? 98. Yes, that's what it was. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. She was playing at Rainbow and Stars, and um, and Sinatra died, and we got a call. The, the the rep for Rainbow that in my office got a call at like three o'clock in the morning from on a cell phone from a journalist wanting to get Rosie, <laughs> Rosie's reaction, and he was like, "I am not calling her at three o'clock in the morning to tell her no. that her friend Frank Sinatra died." He was like, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, of course I will always remember Rosemary Clooney. Of course, of course, and she was wonderful. Um, in that's you know, a, just, that's a real entertainer and a real yeah, act, wonderful, sure. wonderful performer. So yes. So we could talk about. I mean, I don't know our current stars because a okay. few of them in the movie I saw. Okay, what did you see? So we watched on Netflix the movie adaptation of the stage musical The Prom. I knew you did. Well, uh, okay. I knew it. I knew you were going to talk about The Prom. I said and... I was going to talk about The Prom last week on this oh. podcast. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm over here all day like, well, he's, Doug's gonna, I'm to- Doug's totally going to talk about the prom tonight. Now I'm like patting myself on the back like, you called it. And you're like, I told Wait, you this week. <laughs> and I emailed you earlier today and said I was going to talk about I the prom. I know, but you didn't email me till like tonight. And oh, all, that's right. okay, all so you day, I was like, oh, he's totally going to talk about the prom. I know he's going to talk about the prom tonight. And then, and then, and then come to find out, I probably knew because you told me last week. But anyway, what'd you think of it? Well, okay. So the background is... Uh, I really was looking forward to seeing the musical when it was on Broadway and thought it was a show I was going to root for but had no chance to succeed Um, and ended up not really liking the show and uh, was kind of like drowned out by a lot of people who really loved it way more than I did. So I went into the film adaptation kind of thinking, "Uh, I'm not really going to like it that much. And we both actually like the movie version better than 
the stage version. Um, I'll go into the plot in a sec, but the way I feel about the show is the show itself, I give a C. The, the movie, I give like a B, B minus. I enjoyed it. The the loud fan and online reaction surrounding the show and the movie, mm-hmm. I give an F to. And I think I can't, I mean, I can separate the two, but but with that the reaction, the sea of voices around the prom that constantly hover around it is is always going to be there when I think about the show itself. Um, so there's that. Do you know anything about the show? I mean, I know I know a bit that it's um, two teenage two teenage girls want to go to the prom together, and the school won't let them, and then. I'm not clear who joins forces to get the school to change their mind, change its mind. Is that, is, am I yeah, right? Or this is just yeah. like shit that I've picked up in drips yeah, and drips and yeah. drabs. More, more or less. There is, um, in Indiana town and there's an out lesbian student who wants to be able to go to the prom with her girlfriend and the PTA decides, no, there's no way you can go. This is, you know, uh, against all of our values. Um, and word of this somehow goes viral and four kind of down on their luck, Broadway performers from New York decide as a PR stunt for them, they will go to this Indiana town and fight the good fight on behalf of the lesbian student so that she can have her prom and they will then benefit from the publicity from this good deed. I find that very problematic. Yeah, and there are book problems even beneath that. But just from the outset, yes, there's that. I that, find that, that very problematic that we're going to be, we're these four Broadway stars who need a boost not, on our not career. Stars. Not stars. We're four yeah. bro- Broadway performers who need a boost in our career. So we're going to go champion this, um, this kid only because, not because it's the right thing to do, but because we want a PR boost. Yeah. And while the characters uh, like midway through the, the, show and the movie get called out for that there is no real comeuppance we well, when they say they have learned their individual lessons we have to take them at face value oh all right well and the other thing is too if they really are not broadway stars the chance of them getting any sort of media attention even for a stunt like this is probably slim to none well okay but also then if word of this in a small indiana town has already reached these actors in manhattan then hasn't word already spread throughout the country shouldn't whatever attention they're gonna create hasn't that attention already been reached well then with that level of attention that has been reached there would be bigger stars out there that would lend their support um to these kids um which would then render the stunt kind of pointless like there would there would they could try to be a stunt but because you know, somebody like, I don't know, um, Ellen DeGeneres is going to come swoop in and... Yeah, or Lady know, Gaga or, or Lady Gaga, Right, thing. exactly. Yeah. Like, these big these big names would definitely come, like, swoop in and, and do something. Um, you know, give the kids money, throw, throw, throw their own prom for the kids, like, whatever it is. And then these, you know, these Broadway 
has-beens will not get their publicity. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, okay, suspend disbelief. That's, I mean, I'm just I mean, the, well, okay, but, yes, but, but the thing is, you can't take a very resonant and polarizing real-world issue like that and then also suspend disbelief where it's convenient for the purpose of the show. Like, you either have to do it all or not at all. Um, the way that the show kind of treats homophobia and a red state mentality like in Indiana is that all of the actors and all of the people that are, you know, the gay allies or queer allies, if I can use that, um, are on the side of right. And therefore anyone who is not is on the side of wrong, which I also think is, and this has come from the show itself. The movie just replicates it. That's a big problem because you're taking a polarizing issue. You're not trying to reach any kind of understanding. And then the way that the show ultimately kind of solves it, it happens in basically one musical number where uh, uh, enough people in town are able to change their mind and way of thinking that it's basically like, well, problem solved. Because of musical, because of musical theater, like what, like what changed their mind? There's a musical number that kind of points out the hypocrisy of being homophobic because everyone has secrets and everyone has, you know, their own like skeletons in various closets. And the truth is, aren't we all just great and should get along? It's like that, that makes I don't. Sense. Again, I don't disagree. Because uh, I also like to think I'm an ally. And this is why I had a lot of trouble having conversations with people about the show two years ago. It's not that I don't take the same side as the heroes of the show. It's that the show does not do a really good job. In fact, it does, I think, in many ways, an irresponsible job of pleading their case. Um, you know, there's a very famous... I don't know how analogous this is, but there's uh, Pauline Kael, who was a very famous film critic, mm -hmm. um, once gave a scathing review to this 10-hour documentary called Shoah about the Holocaust, and people said, well, how could you? Because this is important subject matter, and her reasoning is, but it's not well-made, it's not well-thought-out, it's not well-parsed, it's not good filmmaking, it's, it's important subject matter, which is different. Right. So, right. okay, it's a similar thing here. Also, right. this is not the only time, you know, a plea for tolerance has ever been in a Broadway show. Let's not pretend that there's the prom and nothing else. Um, it's not that I don't applaud its message, but how it tries to send that message, I think, is very problematic. It's very irresponsible and no one wants to talk about it. Um, I mean, even beyond that, the book of the show and the movie itself is, if you already know who one of the two lesbian students in the high school is, how come all of the attention is not then, who is this other girl? Let's out her, let's fight her, let's stop her. It's, that is incidental. That is considered as an afterthought. The focus is on the primary student, the one who is out, the one who has taken a stand and been banned from the prom. And I think that is also a flaw. So most of that are problems that I had with the show. Somehow, in film form, it works better. Really? The problems that existed in the, like, within the story of 
the show still exists in in the film, and yet it's less preachy, it's less sanctimonious. Um, the choreography, which was very gymnastic, is not really re envisioned, and yet it flies better on huh. the TV. Um, this is something that had just been conceived as a high school musical type Disney TV movie. I think would have been great in the first place. I mean, I'm almost wondering because it was in a Broadway theater and you said like high school musical, right? Like, do you think, I mean, I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm just trying to say like the, the, there was a certain gravitas the, the, the show brought with it just by or or needed because it was in a Broadway house versus kind being of. on I mean, TV. I may, I may look at it like from in reverse order that that the show didn't. Yeah, the show was simply too much fluff to really belong in a Broadway house. And we can say because it doesn't always have to be high drama in a Broadway house, but it lacked the certain stuff, the certain gravitas to really merit being considered a truly serious Broadway show, maybe. I don't um, know, though, but because the, I'm sort of, I guess I'm thinking about, like, the last Broadway musical I saw, which was The Life. No. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so, but could be. <laughs> I don't really like musicals, so I don't go. Um, <laughs> Because I'm thinking Harry Potter, and I'm like, oh, nope, that was in musical. That's why I enjoyed it. <laughs> but, well, I mean, I think my point is not that it can't be a musical comedy or it has to be big budget or whatever. It just has to be rich. You know, like a show like Something Rotten or Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, these are great, or, or uh, maybe slightly less so, but Tootsie, these are smart musical comedies that are worth their weight on the stage. And The Promise, like, it's just slighter. Again, not having to do with subject matter, but how it goes about addressing subject matter within the work of the show is what I'm talking about. I guess um, I kind of feel like this is like a musical that shows up at, like, Nymph or that shows up at those, like, sure. musical theater festivals. Like, you know, and again, I don't I don't really like musicals, so I don't go see them, but because I, you know, I, I have a hand in, in these things sometimes, like, I end up reading a lot about them. Yeah. And this is kind of, like, what it reminds me of, like, that sort of, I don't, like, like it just it just is like a festival musical. I don't know what else to say about it. it like it it doesn't it doesn't. No, feel I, like I a won't Broadway disagree musical. with that. I mean that I hate that that sounds elitist, but in some ways that's basically what we've got with this. Like this was a show that was never truly ready for the great white way. This is a show that's nowhere near crossing the finish line from a professional entertainment standpoint, um, which is why I you know, really was kind of against it as it kept, you know, like making the award circuit two years ago on stage. But but it works better as a Ryan Murphy film. Now, okay, what are the what are the controversies with this movie now from all the people who loved it on stage? They don't like that pretty much the entire original Broadway cast um, 
has been replaced. Oh, by that's Starbucks. what happens. I mean, that's I'm how sorry. Sell, that's, that's how you happens. sell. That's, that's how happens. you sell your property. Yeah. Um, they don't like that James Corden, who is straight, is playing the lead, who is gay. I mean, I don't think he is bad, and I've not yet read anyone give an objective reasoning about what he's doing in the role that is less than. I think he's actually quite wonderful. Um, they don't like that more of the attention and the promotion of the movie is on the four Broadway actor roles that are played by stars and not on the two teen lesbian characters who are not stars. Um, well, that's, again, I mean, take happens. that up with the media. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but take that up with, you know, bring that up to the press. Like, they're the ones covering it. Like, that's not the fault of the movie. Yeah. These are not my arguments. This is just what I hear a lot. No, I know. I'm just, I'm Quite just sort frankly, of responding. You know, that, no, and, yeah. and you know what, though? That's, that's a particular pet peeve of mine when, you know, I do see people railing against the, you know, the publicity offices of whether, whether it's theater or film or whatever, and sort of saying, you never gave, um, you know, you you never gave this a fair shake um you you know what i mean it's like well well no um that's an argument that you need to sort of take to the media because they're the ones who are making who are ultimately making the coverage decisions and they're covering the people that they want to cover it was kind of like the whole controversy with um natasha and pierre was that no. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Was it yeah, and Pierre with yeah. with Josh Gro from Josh Groban to mm -hmm. Oak to Mandy Plinkin yeah. or whatever it was, and and how you know Oak wasn't selling tickets, and everyone was like, well, you know, that's the fault of the the producers and the you know the publicists and and the mar you know what I mean? And I'm like, well, ultimately, like, where was that big splashy New York Times feature on Oak? Like, that's right. not really within the press office's you, control. You can only Throw the spaghetti yeah. against the wall. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not really... And any press person that tells... You know, any publicist that tells you, I could control the New York Times, yeah, you tell them to go Forget. sit down because that's... Yeah. No. No. Um, you know, so, so there, there is this sort of... You know, and I know that it's, like, easy to pile on the media and everyone's sort of, like, you know, the lamestream media... Um, you know, well, but, but I, there, I is, there is there is a there is a truth to that. There is a truth to that. They make decisions. The media makes decisions, um, coverage decisions, not on the basis of what is right, not on the basis of what is good for you, or not on the basis of what is good for society. The media is making their coverage decisions I on the basis so. of what is going to sell, what is going to get clicks and eyeballs, and what's going to fly around Twitter and, you know, and, and, all of, and all of those metrics. They're not an altruistic nonprofit organization. Stop. Full stop. And, you know, and, and you see that in, you see that in the news coverage and you definitely see it in the entertainment coverage and so you know to sort of say well we don't like that the focus is on these four big stars well well you I think not like charge, it but i think the charge is not at the media but at netflix at ryan murphy and the people who decided we have meryl streep and nicole kidman and james corden in a movie and we're going to use their faces and that's why you cast them that's what you do Right, because do they really think that anybody would be watching this if it wasn't for the big names too? I mean, you know, I don't know. It's just like I I understand the anger 
but it's not. I understand that the anger, but I also bristle at it because from in a title. Yeah, there's 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 a there is a reality. There's a business reality here, um, you know, that is about that is about making money. It is like it is definitely about that. Again, you know. Netflix isn't an altruistic, you know, company. They're on the stock. They're on the stock exchange. They trade. They are responsible, you know, to their investors. Like they need to show. I mean, obviously, they they only get money. You know, they don't make money from like the box office, but they do. If they make buzzy projects people will then pay to, to have their streaming service and to have a buzzy product product, you need celebrities. Like that's it. As in this yeah. market. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, like, like you're saying, Netflix itself isn't trying to have a huge box office because it doesn't need to in that regard, but it wants the buzz. It, it needs wants to be buzzy. Attention. Yeah. It needs to be buzzy. It needs to. I mean, you know, I was actually just, talking about this with my husband like Amazon for example I'm kind of disappointed in their original programming yeah like, I mean, they're definitely know, in third place they are in fifth place I feel like <laughs> I feel like, like freeform is doing better you know what I mean like their 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 original programming I, I mean like okay I loved the boys that that was great I totally dig Bosch but apparently I'm the only person in the world that does I mean but their original programming has not been all that good you know they've had like one or two the um mrs mazel was there right that's an amazon yeah and trap and transparent was theirs but but i mean when you think about what netflix has had and what hulu has had and, and the rate at which they churn at the rate at which they churn it out, out yeah i mean amazon doesn't have that going on yeah. and so you know if honestly if it wasn't for two-day shipping, I'd dump my Prime. Yeah, yeah, I might as well. To have Prime, you know what I mean? Except for the two-day shipping. You know, so I'm like, I, you know, because I was like kind of looking through, we were looking through Amazon looking for something to watch. And I was like kind of going, why do I even have Prime? Because it's like the last place we go on the streaming services. Like it's never what's, you know, oh, what's on Amazon Prime? We're always like, what's on Netflix? What's on Hulu? And then tonight I was, I was like, well, gee, let's check Prime. We haven't looked there in a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like you forget that you have it. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, whatever, Bezos can afford to lag there in original programming, right? He can totally afford to. Um, but he is not, Amazon Prime is not getting the buzz that like Apple TV is getting, right? And Apple TV is getting that because what do we have? The morning show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. And you know what I mean? Like it just, I don't know. Sorry. I'm just totally ranting. This is like one thing that just. No, but you're 100% correct about what, what Amazon does and does not offer. Because that and was just can't job compete. for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? And listening to people complain about how I'm how bad I am. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, truthfully, this is like this is you know the and theater. I mean, I want to say theater and film and TV are very different things, and and in a way they are. They're you know Broadway and New York theater operates very differently than um than tv and film but there are certain things that are 
the same, right? Like, I think that it's easier for theater to produce a hit without starry names. But if you dig a little deeper underneath those non-starry names, they actually are starry names in the theater community. Right. So there's already a kind of ecosystem that it just is maybe sure. not, it's it's maybe not household it's name more, yet. It's just more niche, but it <laughs> certainly exists at its own micro level. Right, right. Because I mean, these these actors that are sort of like breaking out on, on like Lin-Manuel Miranda did not come from the sky. I mean, it might seem of like he did. Not. But, no, you know, he, he was not sort of like birthed and Hamilton happened or birthed and here comes um, uh, in the Heights, in the right? Heights. Like, no, each time out, there's been an enormous and long strategy to continually boost him. Right, yes. right. There's like many, he, many tentacles. Yeah. In the yeah, like he had a career in a growing career before he kind of like burst and, and many many connections from a very young age right right and you know he had um freestyle of supreme and you know he he just he was working i mean he was doing he was doing things and he he was not an unknown quantity um he just wasn't like uber famous so so again there is this kind of hierarchy of celebrity in theater that i think people don't really understand like they i think that they seem to think that it's like this real egalitarian meritocracy and it's really not no i mean why would it be any different yeah, than any other genre it's really it's really not i mean you can have uh, you know, the most brilliant and wonderful piece of theater with the most brilliant and wonderful performers and playwrights and directors and, and all of that. And you can just get swallowed up, you know, um, by just the sheer volume of crap that goes on. And, you know, there's always a show that's more important than yours, Yeah. you know, in the eyes of the media or in the eyes of the audience or, you know what I mean? There's always, there, there are so many shows that you're competing with. You know, there's always going to be one that is, you know, I don't want to say better, but maybe hotter, you know, well, hotter, exactly. you know, yeah. Oh, my God, my soapbox. I just keep climbing. Well, I don't disagree. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's see. What have I not said yet about the prom? Does it all work better? No, I mean, I think the character played by Nicole Kidman is never well integrated. Um, I think the sound mixing in the movie is a problem. You've got to keep raising and lowering your volume from Ew. scene to scene. Oh, I hate that. Um, but I will say, I think, like I said, James Corden is really quite wonderful. Meryl Streep is quite wonderful. Um, I shouldn't, it should go without saying, but, but, you know, you know, somehow there's baggage there as well. Um, I think she's significantly better and more humane than Beth Level is, and she's the actress who originated the role on stage. Um, I think Keegan-Michael Key, who plays opposite her, is wonderful. Um, I think uh, Joellen Pellman is the name of the actress who plays the out lesbian a student, Emma. I think she's making a lovely major debut. Um, you know, actresses like Mary Kay Place and Tracy Ullman have small parts. And they do a very good job communicating a ton with very little. 
I think there's a lot to behold. So I'm glad people who may never have known the show or only knew the show from a cast recording uh, may get to know it two-dimensionally on Netflix um, as well. Uh, I don't know. We uh, Alyssa and I talk about how we always go against the grain. We really weren't crazy about the show when everyone else loved it on Broadway. Um, and now that people seem to be against the film adaptation, we actually find ourselves quite willing to praise it. So, you know, what what do you know? Uh, <laughs> I will say, The Prom ran uh, in, from like December to the summer of its season. It closed shortly after not winning any Tony Awards. I don't think it, I think it lost a ton of money. All the people that talked about it and all the people that kept, you know, saying that we need more shows like this. I think those are people, like I often say, that are seeing the show for free, that are riding on, the, that are plus ones of others, or getting freebies from others, or have contacts. This was a show that not a lot of people saw. And the people that did talk about it and say how important the show it was weren't even paying to see it in the first place. I'm like, everyone should just be grateful that this made it to a film version at all. Because mm-hmm. now, more people can can know it. Do I think it goes about its messaging properly? I don't. Am I glad mm-hmm. the messaging is out there? I am. I mean, I think I think that's interesting because you know that it didn't win any Tonys. I mean, that basically says that the road producers didn't think they could sell it. I mean, that's what the Tonys exists for. This is not necessarily about the best of the best on Broadway. The Tonys are a marketing vehicle for the Broadway shows and the, you know, not just to sell in New York. It's not just about selling it in New York. It's about selling it on the road. What's going to have a good shelf life around the country and potentially the world. Yeah. It's about, it's about the tour. It's not, it's, I mean, it's a great, it's great marketing vehicle in New York, but ultimately that Tony award is about a marketing vehicle for the tour. And, you know, I think the Netflix film now is probably the best marketing vehicle for a tour when we can finally go back. I would I would not be surprised if after this movie um they put a they put it a tour together, well depending on how the movie is received and it sounds like it was not received very well. Um but you know what? I mean there's the back of the movie, you know. You know what there's there's a small group of people that pledge allegiance to the Broadway show and are, are saying things out loud on Twitter. But I think there's a larger viewing audience around the country that's watching it on Netflix and liking it. I mean, I think two months from now, it's going to get a bunch of Golden Globe nominations. Well, I think yeah, the book has not yet written. Well, you know, and see, that's the thing, right? So if it does get those Golden Globes and it does get these nominations, right? And then this could potentially breathe new life into a show that was DOA that w- and, and it could actually then go on tour. It could come back to Broadway. You know, I mean, this is something that, you know, fans... Are you fans who want to be purists or maybe not looking at the big picture that this could be a way to get their beloved show back on or the board, even in the interim you know? when there are no shows and there is right. no live theater this right. show which you know died kind of a painful death now has a second life already right 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 i mean it's definitely it has the second life but if they, but again like it could have a third life and in right. the form God, God willing yeah yeah in the form that these uh you know that these fans really want to see it in so 
you know, it's, I mean, I know it's always tough that people never like, you know, it happens all the time with, you know, books, book to film translation. Well, it's not like yeah. that book. Yeah, but the book was better. The book and they was changed better. Yeah. yeah, they changed it. They changed so much, you know. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's a different medium. Yeah. You know, it's a totally different medium. Like you can't, you know, even the theater and film kind of look the same. There's performers and there's actors and there are sets and there's all of that. They are two totally different mediums. You know, theater is the is the domain of the playwright. The playwrights reign supreme in the theater and the book writers and the music writers. In film, it's all about the visual. That's why the director's name is big and you don't even know who the hell the screenwriter is. Right. It's their fingerprints all over it. Yeah. yeah. They have the full power. Yeah. So, I mean, just that already, that that already tells you they're two completely different mediums. You know, um, and they're and they're forced to be looked at separately. You can't look at, you can't look at one and have the anticipation that the other is going to be the same. It it just it's because it's not going to work the same way. You said it. That that's it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So, what have you been watching? Oh, good lord! So, um, good you know, lord. we're kind of like running out of shit that sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you, you've got nothing on Amazon. <laughs> so we tried the Frankenstein Chronicles because, I mean, let's face it, like it kind of sounded like it might be something that was in my wheelhouse, right? Well, tell me more about it. Okay. So it's basically takes place in 19th century London. Of course, we love that. And it's kind of a riff on the Frankenstein monster myth. And so we have Mary Shelley and we have um, in the first season, there were two seasons. We've got, you know, we've got like, you know, Lord Byron and, we've you know, we've got all of these like people um, that, that were famous from from the Frankenstein story. Um, but it makes no sense. I mean, like, you're you're like, okay, what is this about? And I'm like, I couldn't even tell you. Um, so Sean Bean plays, plays an inspector who is um, investigating crimes in, in London, kind of like, and they're kind of like Jack the Ripper-esque. Like, they're gross. Sure. They're like, you know, their bodies are washing up and their hearts are missing or their, in- like, their insides are missing. And so it bas- basically, like, leads him on this... Um, on this chase, uh, you know, looking for a murderer um, who he can't find, who actually turns out to be this doctor and he's kind of falling in love with the doctor's sister and the doc- and oh, and by the way, this inspector has syphilis and he killed his wife and child because of the syphilis. And so he's got all he's he's racked with guilt. He's a very tragic figure. Um, and 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 so he's, you know, kind of like modern day cop now he's totally wrapped up in his job well he does 24 7 um you know and and while suffering from this affliction but he kind of falls in love with um with this the sister of this sort of mad scientist doctor and like mary shelley factors into this and i do i still don't quite understand why or how apart from the fact that she wrote frankenstein and and they're trying to sort of like set up parallels of like well, this is like a Frankenstein murder. This is because of the book that she wrote. This is because, but then it seems like she knows the mad doctor that turns out to be the guy creating the Frankensteins. And anyway, by the end of the series, I'm giving out big spoilers. Now our good inspector, Sean Bean, has now become Frankenstein. 
Oh my god. So by the end you of the mean, movie, You mean he's become Frankenstein's monster or Dr. Frankenstein? I'm sorry, he becomes Frankenstein's monster. I always okay. fuck that up. He, he becomes Frankenstein's monster. So I'm sort of like, okay, so at this point, I'm sort of going along for the ride. Now, the other part of the problem with this is that they are there are a lot of actors in this in this series, right? There are a lot of actors. And at a certain point, there are like three or four of them that look exactly the same. Oh. Like their dark hair, like they're men with like dark hair and like mutton chops, and like they're they're four of the main kind of main ish players, and they look exact. And I could not. And every time, and I was like, wait, which one is that? The costuming was the same. That like everything they looked exactly the same. So it was really hard to figure out who the hell was who. And keep track of that in like scene to scene. And so I'm already kind of confused. And then, you know, I can't figure out what what the hell Mary Shelley has to do with that and why she has to leave London. And like by the time we get to the second season, like they don't even bring her up anymore. Like we don't even know where she went. Um, You know, she like just disappeared to the countryside. Um, It's one of her, one of the, was it like Lord Byron or like one of the people in Mary Shelley's orbit dies? But again, it's like, and he has these sort of like cryptic tarot cards that they end up in the possession of the inspector and he's trying to put them together. But again, like that, that doesn't make any sense because I don't know what the hell the tarot cards had to do with anything. The whole thing was completely confusing. And so by the time it gets to and but I'm totally willing to go with it. Okay, it's weird. It's confusing. I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay. But then when they got to the point where like they resurrected Sean Bean as Frankenstein's monster, I just looked at my husband and I was like, what the fuck are we watching? But like in for a penny, we kept going for the second mm-hmm. season, right? Is it, is it definitely done? Oh, it's Is done. It one of those like two seasons. Oh, in yeah, two seasons in Did it have a satisfying conclusion in any realm? Um. Uh, no, because by the end of it, we sort of learn that, like, Sean Bean is not the only Frankenstein's monster. There was actually one who came before him. Oh, um, please. Yeah, and who is, like, also a very tragic figure. But it's, like, weird because they're trying to make the original, like, the very first Frankenstein's monster, like, the monster they're trying to make him a villain in this because he's kind of... his his father is the reason why they're his father was the one that came up with the formula that creates these monsters and he turned his son into a monster um but the son is continuing the work with this mad scientist doctor and they're in cahoots together Mm. so like they're trying to make the tragic figure of the monster like they're trying to make him tragic and likable but also a villain right and, and that completely did not work. And I was actually actively angry that they were making him a villain because the, he was nothing more than a victim. Like, he really was, a, like, too, like, I don't care. Like, they made a monster out of him. He's totally a victim. And he's looking for, like, you know, he turns, a, he turns this woman into, like, you know, his, basically another monster because he's looking for a bride. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of death and there's a lot, and, and, and she disappears um, into the countryside with a with like she like the the Sean Bean puts her sends her away with like a traveling theater troupe because that's where she's gonna be safe. Really? <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> 
and he but he stays in London because he still needs to cr fight crime. But thank God we're done. We're not going any further than that. And it was just bananas. The whole series was absolutely bananas. And and it was it had so much promise. It really did. Um but it it A was like it made no sense and B just ended up it just ended up being completely ridiculous. Sounds like it. Yeah. Just too bad. I have to say I think the book Frankenstein is one of the greatest works of literature, period. I think it's so brilliant and beautiful and heartbreaking and groundbreaking. Um, but I think it's it's time to stop doing iterations of it. Well, yeah, because the, the original story is beautiful. And there were elements that could have, that you, I can see like doing iterations with the elements that are, like I said, like the original monster, like could have been such a wonderful tragic figure, but they insisted on yeah. making him a villain. And I was like, no, but he's like, the, he's the least. But he's a, he's a lost child more yeah. than anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And even though in this he wasn't, they, 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 the, the interesting thing with these is they weren't these sort of mindless monsters, childlike, they retained their intelligence. Mm -hmm. um so it wasn't like you got that sort of like oh i'm a monster oh you know uh, thing going on they, they, they were actually like educated intelligent they they lost absolutely nothing um you know it was like dying did nothing to them they did not change um you know which was also bizarre because you would think like I mean, I guess Sean Bean shuffled a little bit more than he did before. Like it was just like you didn't you didn't see any real like there was no way to know that they were these these creatures. They just were kind of reanimated. Like they could have been zombies. They could have been they could have been vampires. You know, they could they there was there was no they were just like generically supernatural. Yeah, they were generically supernatural raised from the dead. Like they really could have been any sort of like they could have been ghouls. They could have like they could have been any sort of like person who was dead and then reanimated. Um, they were not necessarily the Frankenstein monster. It was it was, you know, and I hate I mean, I hate to say it because I really wanted to like it. And there are some really wonderful actors. I mean, that I did not even know apart from Sean Bean. And so I'm assuming that they were all British and they were very good. Um, and so I hate to sort of like be like, it sucked. But oh, man, it kind of sucked. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. I know. I know. And it mostly sucked because it just made absolutely no sense. <laughs> so, it yeah. Is a bummer. Yeah, it was a bomb bummer. So I mean, hey, look, you know, if you run out of shit to watch, like we well, did. Yeah, but on know. the flip side of that, if any of you listeners are watching or have recently seen anything that you're like, yes, this is great, a must see, uh, let us know. Go to our Facebook page or something to reach out to me and Karen because a, we're still curious to find new things, and b, we'll talk about it here. Well, I'm not quite ready to talk about it yet because we like really just started watching it tonight, but um it is on Amazon and I kind of forgot that it existed was the show Hunters. Oh, does that have a second season yet or is it still just the first? Um it says here there's going to be it says here on IMDb season 2 but it looks like nothing is happening. This so is the Al Pacino one, right? This is the Al Pacino one. So it looks like it's going to get a second season, but it has not been filmed yet. Well, yes. Certain people have had difficulty 
beginning filming again yeah yeah so we just started watching that tonight um and we haven't even the first episode is 90 minutes long so we we actually did not have a chance to finish even the first episode but so far i have to say it's pretty promising oh well i'm curious to hear more about it when you have watched all of season one maybe uh yeah we definitely were very 50 50 on it and hadn't seen it yet so that may do the trick okay okay it's not what i expected Interesting. Yeah. Duly noted. All right. So I guess I'm going to go to bed. I think it's time. I think it's well past your bedtime. Yes. Um, again, wishing you guys healthy, safe, everything. We'll be back next year for one last next week for one, uh, one more podcast before the holiday. Um, in the meantime, reach out if there's anything we should be talking about. And uh, yeah. Send Alyssa your best birthday wishes as well. You know what Thank Alyssa wants for her her birthday? Give, giving us five stars on iTunes. She wants that more than anything. Mm-hmm. From lots and lots of people, she wants it more than anything. Wrap that up in a bow. That's right. Some Give tinsel. Yes. yes. It, it would be the nice seasonal thing to do. All right, y'all. I'm going to bed. All right. Sleep well. For once, try. <laughs> I'll try. Um, thank you again to all of our, our fans. We will see you back on the boulevard next week. Bye. Bye.